Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations. And now introducing Mr. Keith Lanton. Good morning again, it's Keith. Welcome to uh, February 1st, 2021. For those uh, on the East Coast, hope you're all having a safe day uh, with the snow. I know in the Midwest, uh, yesterday Chicago uh, got the snow uh, ahead of uh, the East Coast. So getting started this morning, I'm going to talk uh, about uh, a little bit more about uh, a book called Nudge, written by uh, uh, Nobel Prize winner Richard Thaler and uh, Sunstein, talking about some human behavioral, uh, human human behaviors and how they influence uh, thoughts and markets. Then I'm going to talk about lots of what's been going on. Obviously, uh, lots of news uh, taking place with uh, investors uh, using social media like Reddit and trading platforms like Robinhood. And we got a lot to talk about with uh, some of the influences that's had on the uh, financial markets and where that may create pitfalls and opportunities. Talk about Barron's uh, input on that as well. And then uh, going to turn things over to uh, Brad to give us some more market insights. So talking about uh, the uh, the book Nudge and how perhaps uh, we can use innate human psychology and our way our brains are programmed perhaps to be aware of them and influence how we think and how we make decisions and perhaps uh, how we uh, how we uh, gently influence uh, others in our lives uh, to make uh, decisions and it's amazing how some very large decisions and small decisions are made without necessarily the uh, the portion of the brain where you're thinking about it uh, from happening um, one of the ways in which uh, in which we are uh, are nudged um, has to do with uh, has to do with our environment and how influenced we are with our current environment, whether we acknowledge it or not. A uh, quick glance at the power of social nudges, considering just a few research findings. Uh, one, teenage girls who see that other teenagers are having children are more likely to become pregnant themselves. Um, obesity is contagious. Um, if your best friends uh, get fat, your risk of gaining weight goes up. Um, if uh, if your choice architecture with respect to food um, is that uh, you have large portions in front of you, um, perhaps uh, some in, in Europe would say this about Americans, then it's uh, more likely that you will eat a larger portion. Um, if you look at fads in uh, programming, uh, where you had uh, what was uh, traditional sitcoms, uh, that was followed by reality television. Now we have uh, binge-watching um, these uh, these. These uh, things go in fads, and producers produce uh, what other people are producing, and uh, the fad perpetuates. College students are influenced by their peers, so much so that the random assignments of first-year students to dormitories or roommates can have big consequences for their grades and on their future prospects. Um, that's so true that uh, parents perhaps should worry less about which college their kids go to and should focus more on who their children choose as roommates. Uh, this doesn't just apply to college students and the influence that uh, their roommates have on them. Um, it applies to very learned individuals uh, like federal judges. 
uh, when federal judges uh, that are Republicans are appointed to a uh, a more liberal court with, let's say, two sitting Democrats, that uh, Republican typically will vote much more liberally um, than a Republican who is sitting with two other Republicans. And the same holds true for uh, the uh, Democrats. Uh, if a Democrat is appointed with two Republicans, they are much more likely to vote more conservatively. Bottom line is humans are easily nudged by other humans. Why is that? Um, there is an innate desire to conform. Uh, to give an example of, uh, of conformity, um, study done at a college university and, uh, and students were asked uh, to list uh, what the most important problems facing the country today were. And there were five alternatives offered, uh, economic recession, uh, educational system, subversive activities, mental health, and crime and corruption. Uh, the choice that was least likely to be chosen was subversive activities when, uh, when asked independently, just 12% of respondents said that that was the uh, most uh, pressing problem facing the country. But when you exposed an individual to a group and there were uh, four other people in the group and they all chose subversive activities and, that's that, and people were asked the same question, um, number one answer goes from 12% to 48% uh, just being influenced um, by those uh, around us. Um, in a similar finding, people were asked to consider the statement, free speech being a privilege rather than a right. It is proper for society to suspend free speech when it feels threatened. Um, individuals agreed with this only 19% of the time when asked individually, but again, when four others uh, said that they thought that that was a, a true statement, uh, that percentage jumped to 58% uh, who agreed. Uh, these results are closely connected um, with uh, with perhaps uh, social uh, understanding, um, perhaps uh, when uh, people try to understand the rise of fascism and Nazism, um, this conformity effect uh, is something that uh, that may have had a influence on the ability of people to agree to things that uh, seemingly they typically would not agree to. Um, let's take a look at this in terms of uh, in terms of something that's more personal and individual. Um, Eating habits. Uh, mentioned that uh, if uh, if your friends are overweight, then you're more likely to be overweight. Um, and especially good way to gain weight is to have dinner with other people. On average, those who eat with one other person eat 35% more than when they eat alone. Members of a group of four eat 75% more when they're eating in a group of four than when they eat alone. And if you eat in a group of seven or more, you're more likely to eat 96 uh, percent more than if you eat alone. So this also has implications in the investing world. People's investment decisions are often influenced by the investment decisions of their friends and neighbors. Um, and we certainly see this going on right now uh, with uh, what's taking place with stocks like GameStop and AMC and this morning uh, Silver. Um, we see the, the effect of uh, outsiders and the influence that can have on the community. Public knowledge is subject to a kind of escalation or spiral in what most people come to think that uh, the current view, um, whether it's optimistic or pessimistic, um, becomes the mainstream view. And once the media begins to perpetuate it and we start to read it, we believe it's true as well, um, and it becomes more and more socially accepted. And uh, this perhaps is uh, behind the current phenomenon, which is uh, affecting uh, the markets uh, just, uh, just today. So with that, we'll lead into uh, what's going on uh, this morning and what's going on today. 
Um, first, we'll start out with uh, what economic uh, data we can expect uh, for the rest of the week. Um, today, we get the Census Bureau reporting construction spending for December. We're looking for a seven-tenths of one percent month-over-month rise. Um, tomorrow, um, we get a bunch of earnings, uh, Amazon uh, being amongst the most notable, also Electronic Arts, ExxonMobil, Pfizer, United Parcel Service, Alibaba, Amgen, uh, Chipotle, um, and Google, or Alphabet, um, as it's now known, all coming out with earnings tomorrow. On Wednesday, we get the ADP National Employment Report, and we get earnings from AbbVie, Biogen, eBay, GlaxoSmithKline, PayPal, Qualcomm, Sony, and Spotify. Thursday, the earnings parade continues with um, Activision, Blizzard, Bristol-Myers, Ford, Gilead, uh, Merck, uh, Philip Morris International, Snap, uh, to name some. And on Thursday, we get uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reporting non-farm business productivity and unit labor costs for the fourth quarter. And then on Friday, we get a number that markets will be uh, carefully watching, and that's the jobs report for January. Consensus consensus estimate is for non-farm payrolls to rise by 100,000, reversing December's 140,000 decline. The unemployment rate is expected to remain unchanged at 6.7%. Taking a look at uh, the news this morning, uh, futures uh, have done a, a 180 and are now up. Um, if you were watching uh, very early this morning or last night, futures were uh, lower, um, and uh, that has reversed. S&P futures are now about 38 points or 1% above fair value as the markets try to rebound from last week's decline. Um, investors are buying the dip while assessing the latest updates on the short squeeze mania. Brokerage firm Robinhood has kept trading restrictions in place for certain stocks like GameStop and AMC. Um, pre-market, and this is uh, moving around, and this already could be uh, old news. Pre-market, GameStop was down about 34 points or 7%. AMC was up about 2 points or 13%. Um, one asset to watch this morning is silver, as traders have targeted the metal as another short squeeze candidate. Silver was up about uh, 10%. Um, actually, 11% to just over $30 an ounce, its highest price in over eight years. Um, overall, nothing too wild just yet, which may be supporting uh, risk sentiment. Um, in positive-sounding developments, AstraZeneca, symbol AZN, will, will report in will reportedly increase its COVID-19 vaccine deliveries by 30% in Europe. Uh, Tesla had its price target raised to a street high 1,200 from 515 at Piper Sandler. Um, and this morning, Thermo Fisher, which is up about 10 points or 2%, beat top and bottom line estimates. U.S. Treasuries trade near their flat line. Two-year yield is at 11 basis points. The 10-year is down one basis to point to 108. Dollar index up about three-tenths of 1%, and crude oil futures are up about 55 cents or about uh, 1%. Uh, Virgin Galactic, symbol SPCE, is up about 9% after providing a new flight window for its uh, next test flight. Equity indices in the Asia-Pacific region began the week on a higher note. Um, uh, we saw the uh, Sensex jumping 5% in India. Japan's Nikkei was up 1.5%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng, 22 China Shanghai up six tenths of 1%. Korea's Kospi was up 2.7%. European averages are also firmly higher. Uh, on average, uh, markets in Europe are up about uh, 1.4%. Uh, gold higher fo- following silver this morning, um, up $15.80. Uh, 
Um, gold is at uh, about 18.66 an ounce. Ten Senate Republicans proposed a $600 billion stimulus compromise, including more targeted economic relief, money for vaccine distribution, and funding for coronavirus testing. This proposal is unlikely to attract support from Democrats, but President Biden will meet with those senators, according to the Washington Post. Uh, the U.S. is considering coronavirus test requirements for d- domestic flights, but aviation groups uh, have said that they are opposed to it. Uh, President Biden's health advisor, Michael Osterholm, says we need to call an audible on two-dose vaccines. The U.S. needs to give as many people 65 and older at least one dose. Um, that is according to NBC News. Uh, Robinhood has updated its list uh, of stocks with trading limits. Um, this uh, list includes AMC, um, Express, EXPR, uh, BlackBerry, BB, GME, GameStop, um, Nokia, KOSS, and JNUS. Um, Scott Gottlieb out saying that uh, it's very likely that the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines uh, will be less uh, effective against the South African strain, somewhere in the 60 to 80 percent range, and that it's possible that the J&J vaccine could actually be more, uh, have greater efficacy against that strain than the existing Pfizer and uh, Moderna vaccines, but those vaccines still um, highly effective. Um, Amgen received breakthrough status for its uh, small cell lung cancer drug drug in uh, in China. Um, and uh, Goldman Sachs says hedge fund exposures to stocks is still near record levels. Um, the EU repeats that Pfizer and BioNTech are expected to deliver 75 million extra vaccine doses in the uh, second quarter. Um, ExxonMobil and Chevron in the news, um, confirming that the uh, chief executives held preliminary talks uh, last year when oil prices were extremely depressed about what would have possibly been uh, the largest merger in history. So moving on to uh, Barron's, um, last week uh, we got uh, some increased volatility. Um, this was supposed to be the Teflon stock market, able to absorb political turmoil, a resurgent virus mediocre data, and just keep on raising, rising. And all it took was a short squeeze in stocks uh, few mainstream investors uh, really care about to bring on the largest decline in three months. The S&P index fell 3.3% uh, last week. The Dow dropped 3.3% as well, and the NASDAQ slid 3.5%. All three suffered their worst drops since uh, the end of October, right before the election. Um, and uh, for the year right now, we have the S&P and Dow both in negative territory, 1.4 for the S&P and 2% for the Dow. Of course, there was just more, more than wild trading to deal with. Investors learned the U.S. economy had grown at a 4% clip, a decent number um, in normal times uh, or a good number in normal times, but not when the economy is trying to recover from the COVID-19 carnage. Um, then the market uh, was uh, disappointed with uh, some of the vaccine data from Johnson & Johnson. Uh, one of the vaccines that was supposed to help uh, rejuvenate the uh, opening trade. It fell short of uh, high expectations. Um, the good news, Barron says, is the pain, and we were seeing it this morning, uh, may be short-lived. Um, starting with the vaccine, um, those uh, expectations uh, were disappointing, but as I just mentioned uh, from commentary from Scott Gottlieb and being uh, reiterated by other uh, health professionals that uh, the J&J data is uh, more positive uh, than the uh, headline indicates. Um, 85% eff- efficacy um, when uh, when viewed in terms of uh, not 
not being not uh, getting very sick um, when taking uh, the shot. It is also just a one dose vaccine, and it does not need to be stored at uh, very cold temperatures. It can be stored in an ordinary uh, refrigerator. Um, also, expectations that growth should accelerate in the months ahead, thanks to the vaccines and to fiscal stimulus, which will almost certainly be coming in one way or another. Also, last week we had the Federal Reserve meet, and uh, Chairman Powell did nothing to suggest a rate increase or even the beginning of a taper of bond purchases uh, would be forthcoming in the near term. He continued to insist the Fed will remain easy until it surpasses its targeted inflation rate and job growth has recovered. Uh, perhaps one of the reasons for the volatility last week was the subtext of what Chairman Powell said, and that was that the Fed is no longer relying on economic models to gauge when it should tighten monetary policy but we'll try to use available data to judge the strength of the economy. Uh, that change may have contributed to short-term volatility. Um, if uh, you're an economist and trying to monitor the Fed, you uh, will note that the Fed has given up on the framework um, that they and Wall Street had been following. Um, now it's a bit untethered and susceptible uh, to the narrative. Now, last week, we saw a tremendous volatility in a select group of uh, stocks, and it felt like this was the first time that uh, we've ever seen anything like this. And to some extent, it was the first time we'd seen anything like it in um, certain stocks, and those stocks being targeted by uh, traders uh, communicating uh, in a uh, in a online forum. Um, but uh, what we saw last week, uh, when looked at in a historical context, um, has, is not something uh, necessarily that we haven't uh, seen before. Um, it probably rhymed as opposed to uh, repeated. Um, just a few months ago, we saw uh, extreme uh, volatility and a big mania in uh, bankrupt companies like Hertz. Um, if you go back to uh, November, uh, we saw a parabolic uh, increase in the prices of uh, electric vehicle stocks. And if you go back a little further, um, you uh, you may remember that there was a uh, a surge or a mania in uh, marijuana stocks. Um, one of the main differences uh, may be that uh, if you look back a few months ago in the marijuana stocks, um, perhaps uh, the narrative uh, was well, pot's going to be legalized and uh, and uh, there's going to be this tremendous opportunity um, in uh, in marijuana stocks um, that may or may not uh, eventually come to fruition. Um, it's looking unlikely that the valuations we saw back then uh, were justified. Um, and the narrative today is that uh, some zombie companies, uh, companies that uh, many are saying uh, really have very little prospects for success are the ones leading the markets. Um, but, uh, but whether or not the marijuana stocks or the electrical vehicle stocks, or if you go back further, um, the Nifty 50 stocks or many of the dot-com stocks, uh, Deserve the valuations that they were afforded when uh, when when they were in vogue. Um, you will see that uh, that there is a lot of uh, rhyming going on. I'll read you a quote, and then I'll tell you what year it's from. Every age has its, has its particular folly, some scheme, project, or fantasy into which it plunges, spurred on by the love of gain, the necessity necessity of excitement, or the mere force of imitation. So wrote, so wrote Charles McKay in his classic Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds in 1841. Um, but that observation sound as apt now as it was then. Sticking with, uh, sticking with, uh, the volatility we saw last week and, uh, and the stocks, uh, like GameStop, uh, that we saw, uh, trading, uh, wildly and madly. Um, Barron's, uh, had another article entitled, For Small Investors, the Surge in Volatility is a Warning Sign. 
Uh, what's been billed is Occupy Wall Street 2.0 seems more than that. Although Robin Hood's band of merry men and women started the surge, uh, probably staked with some of the $900 billion from the fiscal relief enacted at the end of 2020. Um, after all, Uncle Sam depo- direct deposited $160 billion into uh, people's accounts, um, and uh, that helped uh, helped at least uh, at least uh, start uh, the fire. Uh, then you could possibly throw on to that uh, people being stuck at home, um, having not, not much else to do, being bored, um, and combine that with free trading um, and the inability to uh, to get to casinos or to spend money on vacations and uh, perhaps you had the recipe for uh, for some of the activity that we saw last week um, what we did see is the volatility index or the vix pick up to 33 uh, for individual investors the surge in volatility and trading volumes represent warning signs uh, one of the surest signs that a bubble is close to bursting is when the retail investor piles in with leverage and if the retail warrior millennial mob are angry now, wait until they lose their shirts in any market collapse, wrote uh, Albert Edwards, Society General's uh, strategist uh, over there. What does take place, though, is that when you see a, uh, a surge in the trading of small speculative stocks, uh, perhaps uh, argue that's what's happening now, uh, when you see peaks in trading volumes, trading volumes right now are dramatically higher than they've been uh, in the last couple of years, a peak in euphoric sentiment, that usually precedes the ultimate peak in the market by a few months. Uh, this is uh, being uh, told by uh, uh, Luthold's uh, uh, market, uh, market strategist. Um, he's quick to add that's not his forecast, but he's also quick to add that's what the history says, and the history of bubbles is a long one. Talking about, uh, talking about some of the activity, um, to give you an idea, daily options trading has more than doubled since 2019, led by retail investors who get in on those free platforms like Robinhood. Uh, small buyers now account for about twice as much of the options volume as the big and mid-sized players. Um, in some ways, options live in their own world, like a leveraged side bet on a stock, but they can also have an enormous impact on the underlying stock itself. Market makers who execute options trades have to hedge by buying the stock itself, often in large volumes. And this causes uh, the stocks to rise. In the past year, uh, more new investors have uh, opened uh, accounts at brokers than ever before. U.S. brokers added 10 million new retail trading accounts. Um, and this was uh, fed, as I mentioned earlier, by a shift to uh, commission-free uh, trading, which has uh, dwarfed uh, retail trading that we saw even in the wild days of the dot-com bubble on Wednesday equity volume was triple the average day in 2019. Um, if you're interested in uh, the social media aspect and uh, the now uh, well-known Reddit forum Wall Street Bets, uh, at the beginning of the year they had 1.7 million members. Um, as of last week, they were north of 6 million members. Um, they have uh, gotten uh, the shorts to capitulate. We've seen uh, the uh, hedge fund. Uh, that uh, Maven uh, is down 53%. And then on Friday, a well-known hedge fund firm, Citron, said it will no longer publish short-selling research after 20 years of uh, of doing so. The most shorted stocks in the Russell 2000 have risen 80% since October. The least shorted ones are up less than 20%. Uh, I mentioned Melvin Capital coming out saying they are uh, down 53% uh, year-to-date. 
Um, the action and out-of-favor stocks spooked some hedge funds with sizable short bets like Melvin. Um, and to close out those shorts uh, amid short soaring prices, some were forced to raise money by selling shares of well-liked stocks like Apple, um, like Microsoft, um, and perhaps that was one of the reasons that we saw the weakness that we did uh, at the end of last week. Moving on to a story in uh, in Barron's, um, and this one uh, on some individual stocks. This was the uh, third edition of their roundtable. I'll mention a few of the stocks uh, that uh, that I thought were worth sharing. Um, James Anderson had uh, some uh, international ideas. Uh, his uh, top pick was Tencent Holdings, uh, the uh, company listed in uh, in Hong Kong, um, saying that Tencent is far more aware than Alibaba, that there are lines in China that you shouldn't overstep. Um, and he said what they've done in the gaming business has been remarkable and unmatched by their American peers. Uh, he expects Tencent's gaming revenue to go from $20 billion to $50 billion over the next five years uh, for profit margins uh, to remain unchanged at 40%. He says the $730 billion market cap reflects the gaming business alone, leaving out the messaging app WeChat and other assets. And they have uh, an impressive list of other assets, 20% stake in MyTuan, which, uh, as you may know, is uh, one of the uh, largest uh, food delivery companies in Asia, 5% stake in Tesla, and a 12% stake in Snap um, that Tencent has acquired. He also mentioned another delivery company, this one uh, in Germany, and it is Delivery Hero. Um, this company has a market cap of $33 billion. Um, and he compares it uh, with DoorDash, which has a $60 billion market cap. Um, delivery Hero is the largest delivery company in the world outside of MyTuan. Uh, delivery Hero has uh, has uh, operations in almost 50 countries and is the dominant player in almost all of them. It is pushing into the delivery of groceries and other essential services. Uh, the company has the ability, he says, to compound growth in the next 10 years at 30 to 40% a year. He thinks they can get to 50% gross profit margins, um, and he feels that uh, that the stock is uh, undervalued, undervalued, um, and he feels that the grocery delivery uh, doubles their market potential. Um, their market is different from, let's say, Amazon, and in their world, um, once they commit to a delivery and once they've got the items, everything has to be delivered within one hour. And I'll mention one last stock. Um, and then turn things uh, over to uh, to Brad, and that is Illumina, symbol I L M N. Um, Illumina is a company that makes uh, that makes uh, the machines which help uh, sequence uh, things like uh, the genome. And he says we have uh, reached the extraordinary point where the combination of gene sequencing and machine learning is giving us insights that ru- that run well ahead of our understanding of human biology. Uh, this will give Illumina access to vast new markets, and it also makes the company run itself more aggressively. One final thought before I turn things over to Brad, and this is I found some of this uh, statistics fascinating. Um, it's important to remember that returns come in a that that market returns come from a very small number of companies. Um, Hendrik Bestminder, a finance professor at Arizona State University, published a study in 2017 showing that only 4% of stocks were responsible for the market gains since 1926. Fewer than 40 companies compound over 20% on average for 10% for 10 successive years, 
and they account for all excess returns. Uh, the lesson here is if you aren't willing to let your winners run, you're probably going to underperform the market. I'm going to turn things uh, over to uh, Brad to uh, talk some more about markets. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Keith. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Happy February. Time is really flying, and uh, these days, uh, the quicker time flies, the better. Uh, I was thinking about what to talk about um, because it's it's really getting a little bit boring with this low interest rate environment, and uh, I don't expect that we're going to get the Reddit Wall Street bets uh, gang to pile into 1% and 2% munis, uh, and it's just absolute insanity what's going on, uh, and uh, it's insanity to me that the bond market is still regulated the, the way that uh, some of these move, 300 to 500% moves are regulated. It's just two different worlds that have been created here. So one thing that bonds are offering at the moment is diversity in income. That's one thing they'll always offer. However, the income at the moment is is pretty low. Uh, without going into the detail, uh, I'll give you my simple thought on, on what I like here for municipals. Uh, for, for taxable accounts, I would stay with higher coupon munis, short calls, good credits, large issuers, uh, preferably double air better with decent liquidity, uh, clip the coupon, so to speak, and uh, if rates stay low, you're living with that high coupon and current return. And uh, if, if we ever get to uh, some normalcy in the bond market with, with higher long-term rates, you'll have an opportunity to uh, tax loss that municipal into a current coupon bond uh, with, with better yield and better call protection. Uh, this is the best I can really offer you at the moment. And uh, given the volatility of the markets and, and the insanity of what's been happening here, uh, this, this uh, strategy for some of the money in the accounts could save some diversified investors some, some real headaches uh, down the road. We've seen it, we've seen it so many times. Uh, so if you're not looking at municipals, uh, but uh, again, watch your duration uh, in case longer rates rise. You don't want to get killed on the bond portion of your portfolio if we run into a higher rate scenario. So it's difficult times to uh, to invest, uh, but you have to be prudent and you have to be thoughtful about what you're doing. Uh, be careful with everything here. Everything is, is uh, vicious, markets, policy, politics, pandemic, everything. So just please uh, think, just know that it's important to diversify. Look at some of these higher coupon bonds to give you some current yield and to diversify. Uh, that's all I have today. That's everything I've got. Thank you for listening to Mr. Keith Lantern. This podcast is available on most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. For more information, please visit our website at www.heraldlantern.com.